Welcome to the Live Big Podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. For God in His wisdom knows what we need in order to step into what we want. I've had to learn and I'm still learning. It gets hard sometimes, but you got to hold on to the vision and trust the process. Watch this, verse 6. So the Lord got mad and sent fiery serpents among the people. Now, the desert was filled with vipers and scorpions and all the types of things that lived in, in the desert. And for the last couple of years, God had protected them from these poisonous creatures daily. But when the people turned on God, the wall of protection came down. And every snake that had ever wanted to bite a Hebrew was now on the prowl. See, we may imagine in the midst of it, in the heat of it, in the, and in the hurt of it, and, and in the process of it, that God's abandoned us. But we seldomly realize how much God has shielded us until that shield goes down. I mean, you think you're doing bad, you ain't seen bad. God could have left them in Egypt. How soon we forget the bed some of us used to wake up in, the places we found ourselves in. And we don't remember anymore. We don't remember how deep down in our heart we were seeking for God and, and we, were, we were grabbing a fix, but ultimately we wanted God. You hear what I'm saying? We don't remember the confusion, how, 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 how soon we forget. God could have left them in that mess they were in in Egypt. God could have left you in that mess you were in in your Egypt. But by his grace, he said, Pharaoh, let my people go. That one belongs to me. I'm going to put my name on that one. I'm going to pull that one out. And I'm going to take them through a process. And on the other side of the process will be promised. But they're going to have to go through some heat. They're going to have to face some sandstorms. They're going to have to, to, to face some dry seasons in order to get to the place a promise. And the snakes did what snakes do. Now, you might have had some snakes in your life. That snake could have done a whole lot more. You're like, God, why this snake? That snake could have done a whole lot more. While God's favor was on you, yeah, it was a snake. Yeah, it was, but it could have been so much worse. But he kept you. But then you started complaining too much. And God had to remind you. If it hadn't been for the Lord on my side. <laughs> if it hadn't been for the Lord on your side. You think it was bad. You ain't seen bad yet. And they bit the people. And many of the people of Israel died. Why? This is important. Because ingratitude is worse than revenge. Revenge only returns evil for evil, an eye for an eye, but ingratitude returns evil for good. God had done so much, but they got ungrateful. God delivered them from the muck and the mire. 
they got ungrateful. Used to have slave masters beating their backs, but they became ungrateful. And people began to die. Therefore, the people came to Moses and said, some of the things happening in your life are all designed to drive you to your knees. Listen, the snakes aren't going to stop until you turn. And the people said, we have sinned. They didn't say, well, Lord, it's, it's my genetic predisposition. Lord, it's the fault of society. Well, it's, the, it's my upbringing, the way I was raised. Lord, it is my circumstances. No, they called it what it was we sinned. For we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Now, here's the big test. Can you pray for those who've just been bad-mouthing you, criticizing you, knocking on you? And he said, Moses, pray to the Lord that he will take away these serpents from us. This is one of the true tests of your spirituality. When folks have been hating on you, when they get sick, you pray them well. People that have been causing problems, when they fall, you don't gloat. You try to help them up. You say, well, Bishop, that's an isolated scripture. I'm just going to ignore what you say. Well, remember the book of Job? You see, it's one thing for an enemy to be mean to me. I don't know you. I'm but so bothered by your silliness. But if you were my close personal friend, been in my house, in my car, my children call you uncle or aunt. I mean, we've known each other for years. Now, when you turn on me, that's another thing. Job, before God restored him and gave him double for his trouble, the Bible said God told him to go pray for his friends. The people that criticized him for over 30 chapters. People who pointed their finger at him, made fun of him, and belittled them for 30 chapters. You will not get into your new chapter until you forgive those from that last chapter in your life. And pray for them like you mean it. Pray for the president. Pray for the Congress. Pray, pray for the Supreme Court like you mean it. I don't care what they said, what they did like you mean it. Dear God, help us. God, move on our leaders. Move on our nation. Heal this land, oh God. So Moses cursed them out. Prayed. Prayed. Prayed for the people. Whenever life gives you more than you can stand, kneel, grandma. Then the Lord said to Moses, make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole. How many of y'all remember the Garden of Eden? Yeah. Didn't Satan take the form of a serpent? In the Bible, don't snakes typically represent the devil? Didn't Jesus say you will tread on serpents and scorpions and of all the power of the enemy, talking about the enemy? So why would God put a snake on a pole? 
Glad you asked. 2 Corinthians 5 and 21. For he made him, God made him, he made him, who knew no sin to be sin for us. Jesus became what we were on the cross, sin, so that we could become what he is, a son. That we might, did the Bible say he who knew no sin, meaning he didn't sin, but he became sin, not because he deserved it, for who? Us. That we might become. All he did was for us to become. The righteousness of God, not the righteousness of a good man, but the righteousness of God in who? Him. Jesus not only took our sin, he gave us his righteousness. He could have just took our sin and left us in our mess. But his standing before the Father, he shared with each and every one of us. That's why he said, go pray in my name based on my standing, based on my righteousness. Isaiah 52 and 14 says it this way. Listen to the prophet. Just as many were astonished at you, he's prophesying of the Messiah. So his visage or his face, watch this, was marred more than any man meaning Jesus did not even look human on the cross. He didn't just take physical punishment. It didn't just look like the end of a Rocky movie. He didn't just look like Emma Till. As bad as that looks, he didn't just take physical punishment. He became sin. And then it continues. And his form or his body spoke about his face. This is why the passion of Christ couldn't come close to capturing. You captured some of a beating, but could not capture all that happened on that cross. And his form more than the sons of men. Jesus looked worse than any man had ever looked in human history. Because he took on himself on his body, every vicious deed, every broken and vile condition, and bore its punishment. On that cross, Jesus felt every hurt, every pain, every bit of confusion. It's amazing how he possessed himself and still spoke. He's more than just a man. He's amazing. Anything you could ever feel Jesus felt it all at the same time on that cross. Paul says it another way in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the Lord. Watch the, the next clause. Having become a curse for us. Jesus did not just become the symbol of a curse. He literally bore on his body every curse, every disease, every misfortune, 
every perversity known to humankind. When you wear that cross around your neck or tattoo that cross on your arm, it represents more than you ever, ever, ever imagined. Having become a curse, why? For us. Everything he did, he did for you and for me. He already had a relationship with the Father. He didn't need anything. He need, he, he, and all he had to do is blink all the money in the world be his. All he had to do, he didn't even need a human army. All he had to do is summon the monkeys. He's God taking on flesh. Call some elephants. Some lions, tigers, and bears. But Jesus took the curse, everything written in Deuteronomy 28, on himself. Let's go back to the wilderness now. Let's watch. It's going to start coming together for you. And it shall be that everyone who is bitten, anyone ever been bitten in this room by sickness or sin? Mm-hmm. Here's the promise. When he looks at it, if you look at the cross and only see a man who died, it will not help you. If you look at the cross, you only see a man that was taken at night because one of his disciples betrayed him. And he kind of just, it just kind of happened to him, it won't help you. But if you look at that cross and, and see the one who bore the penalty for your sin, you look at that cross and you see the one who bore the penalty for your sickness and your confusion and your twistedness. When you look to the cross and say, it wasn't just a man that, that got caught up and, and captured, but a man who, who willingly laid down his life to pay the price for me. When you look and see on that cross, the son of the living God, savior of the world, taking that beating and that whipping and that nailing and all for you. You need to understand there were people that saw Jesus on the cross and they went right to hell. It was those who saw more than just a man. It was those who discerned that Isaiah was right. He bore our weaknesses and our sickness and by his stripes I've been healed. So it's not just confessing a historical fact that brings you into the kingdom. It's a revelation of who it was on that cross and why he went. Now let's read John 3 and 14 with understanding. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, and by the way, John 3, 16, we're not going to cover it, it's just two verses later. This was the context of that great verse. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so, watch this, must the Son of Man be lifted up. Jesus likened himself to the snake because he became sin, because he became a curse, because all of our ugliness was placed on him, all of our twistiness was placed on him. 
Even so must the Son of Man be what? Lifted up. The average lightning bolt is about five times hotter than the sun. But if you have a lightning rod on your roof, your home can be struck by lightning and you can experience absolutely no damage because the lightning rod acts as a mediator. You're about to get this verse. 1 Timothy 2 and 5. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man. There's one lightning rod that will take the punishment, that will, that will take what ought to destroy you, take it into himself and bear it. The man, Christ, Jesus. Jesus was hung high, and he took the fire of God's judgment onto himself. But on three days, he got up again, dusting it off, because he was bigger than even our sins. He's bigger than all we deserve, bigger than our punishment. We serve a big God. You hear what I'm saying? Even our sin couldn't weigh him down. Even everything you've ever done, all the world will ever do, could not keep him down. This is why we worship him. This is why we worship more than just a man. John 3, 14, last time, and we're done for the morning. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so, must the Son of Man be lifted up. When we look away from ourselves, look away from what we deserve, and to the one who paid it all, we can live. So when we talk about the subject of healing, it's not about you deserving it. That's irrelevant. None of us deserve it. But because he paid it, I'll trust it, and I'll receive it. And some may be saying, well, listen, if that was the Old Testament where he healed, I just, I, I'm still having trouble with your thinking. Because our first part of the series, we talked about the fact we're under a better covenant. Everything before was just a shadow, a type of what was to come. If I'm far from home, I'll pick up my phone and look at a picture of my wife. It's a representation She's not in the phone of her. But when I get to her, it doesn't get worse. It gets better. I don't just have a representation. I have the full manifestation of her warmth and everything. She is multidimensional. Some of y'all got nasty. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> that whoever believes in him should not perish but have what? Eternal life. The problem is we let the church and, and religious folk handle this eternal life and define it for us. Jesus is preaching. He's talking about numbers. And, 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 and yes, eternal life first to our spirit packs our soul. That's why it's better. In the Old Testament, they only had physical healing, not rebirth. Now we have rebirth, but we also have the healing. Okay, unsure. Psalms 103, verse 
I think three. I think one and two, it says, bless the Lord, O my soul, all that's within me, bless his holy name. Then it repeats it a second time. And he said, forget not any of his benefits. Watch the benefits. Can you pull that up? Number one, he forgives all your iniquities. How many of y'all need some forgiveness? And by the way, this is under the old covenant. We got a better covenant. Watch number two. And he heals all our diseases. God is not diminished. God is not less than. Jesus went about doing good, healing all oppressed of the devil because that was part of his atonement. We covered that. But whoever believes in him believes. See, see I, I often say that what you think of yourself, you'll make of yourself. But I, I, I can also say what you think of God and believe of God, you'll experience from God. So if you don't believe it, you're probably not going to experience it. So the goal today is to expand your faith, to begin to believe in a God that cares about your spirit, soul, and body. Yes, there's coming a day I will die. And uh, the, the only thing healing does is it, it helps me get, get to the place I could finally fulfill my purpose and then go on. The devil's a mean devil, and he will take you out any way he can. And let me tell you something. The devil don't want you here. He, he don't want you on this planet. The last thing he wants is someone who loves God, bearing a testimony of the goodness of God in the land of the living. So he'll fight you with stuff. And, and his whole goal, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly and that life includes health in our bodies you're saying bishop are you saying that you're never gonna get sick no i ain't saying that that's that'd be crazy you have been listening to the live big podcast with dr Derek greer for more information visit DerekGreer.com or follow dr greer on social media